Pavel Fatidi is with us this evening. Our small business focus brought to you by Retail Capital, South Africa's largest non-bank SME financier. Productivity, Pavel Fatidis, or as uh, the chief executive of Anglo-American calls it, productivity. Um, it, it's like the silver grail, I suppose, um, of, of any business. The more productive you are, the more money you can make. And it's becoming uh, a bigger and bigger trend, Bruce. You know, it, it, there was always this focus, and still in many cases, around many, many, uh, let's call it places of high learning. You know, the word innovation and efficiency dominates improving the performance of a business. But productivity is, is really, um, I think it's going to become increasingly important. I think it's going to sharpen attention and focus on people um, in a world that more and more people are moving into business ownership, more and more people are competing right across the economy. He or she with the most productive business is going to win. And very often we don't really understand what it means and how it comes about. Yeah, what is productivity? I mean, is it simply doing more with less consistently, constantly in perpetuity? No, more with less is efficiency. More with what you have is productivity. And you know, I'll, I'll, the best way to explain it is, is by way of an example. Uh, during the course of this week, I, I met a business, a, a well-established business, an individual who he and his business partner built this business over the last 28 years. Uh, they started when they were in their 30s, their mid-30s. So he's approaching his mid-60s, more or less, at this point in time. And it is a, a difficult business to start and an even more difficult business to build. Effectively, what it does is it manufactures creams and ointments and oils for the beauty and home care, personal care industry. So they contract manufacturers. And Bruce, that is a hard business to get right. You know, to, to make it efficient and to get the business working well and to get the price points right, you have to make this huge investment in plant and equipment. And then you need people along with the processes to get the whole thing zinging. So I went through and I managed to look at the business and it was beautiful. Oh my <laughs> word. It was shiny and the machines were clean and they were whirring away. The floor, I dragged my tongue across the floor. And you've made, a, you, you, you contaminated moment. the place. You contaminated the place. And, and I contaminated it. The floor was cleaner than me and my mouth and everything else. It, it was beautiful. I, the pride of this business was just remarkable. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a big business. It's a well-established business. It's a $20 million business, $20 million revenue business. Real, there's real money in this business. They're doing well. And I said to the business owner, well, why am I here? And he says, listen, I've been made an offer for my business. And I'd like to just get a sense if you think I'm making a good decision or a bad decision in selling. So I thought to myself, okay, well, he's approaching an age in a stage where perhaps, you know, after 30 years of real, real grind, he wants to take it a bit easy. I said, well, what would you spend the money on? I'm always curious as to know what people are going to spend mm -hmm. the money on, you know, when they make this big payday. And he says, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care much for, you know, material things. I said, but you've built this beautiful business. And he says, yep, yeah, isn't it beautiful? And that's why I built it. 
So I had a look at the numbers and we started to look at the business and we started to dig down deep into the business. And Bruce, we ran some productivity evaluations on the business, some assessments, and discovered that this beautiful factory floor with this incredible machinery that was so well-maintained and ISO accredited processes from here to kingdom come, we're running at about 43, 44% of their productive capability of this entire business. And what that effectively means is that on a 20 million rand business, uh, sorry, a $20 million business, we had been offered in and around four, $5 million for that business. He was leaving on the table another four, $5 million that he could attain if he simply got his productivity levels up. And I turned around and said to the business owner, I know you don't have a need for money and you're not doing it for the money, but is this the way you want to monetize your legacy, knowing full well that you've sold at half the value that the asset's capable of producing. And he said, but how's that so? Because we're as efficient as all hell. And he really was. But the productivity numbers right across the board were through the floor. They were shocking. It's such an interesting contrast, isn't it? Because he's running a great business. And as you say, it's very impressive and it's super beautiful. But once you start analyzing the data and, and looking at the productivity, making use of what you've got, and then you suddenly realize, hold on a second, but this business can produce so much more. So how would he then go about improving the productivity, assuming that he had an epiphany that he, he wanted to achieve this extra money? Look, you know, it, it, becomes, it becomes really important at that size business because the people buying it, the people investing in it, are going to get access to proper research. And globally, right around the world, a business model generally is well understood in terms of its productive score. So what any buyer would do over here, what any investor would do, what any business owner ought to be doing, saying, hang on a sec, what is my business model? What business model do I have? I'm a contract manufacturer. I'm in this particular industry. Let me find a benchmark on what my productivity score should be. And the way you calculate your own productivity score, which really looks at the value added per worker, including yourself. So from the functional operating CEO and business owner, all the way right down to the floor sweeper. Every employee is counted in the productivity score. The first thing you do is you take your turnover and then you subtract from that number, your annual turnover, all the costs of consumption. So that would be the raw materials. If you are making a product, it's going to be energy. And you can imagine what the cost of electricity is done to the productivity of South African businesses. Because it weighs in on that formula, it's shot it's made us, it's made us, uh, we, are, we, are, we are lagging so terribly at the moment. It's water, it's rates, it's taxes. It's all the consumables and the packaging materials and the staplers and the pencils and the paper. So you take your turnover, you subtract the consumption costs, and then furthermore, you subtract all the services. So if you've got some subcontractors, if you're buying marketing services or tech services, whatever the case is, you subtract the cost of all of that and your rent. 
and that gives you a number. You then divide that number by the number of workers active in the business and you get your productivity score. And Bruce, you should really be comparing that despite the fact that we live in South Africa, build and work and operate businesses in South Africa, you should be comparing that globally because increasingly businesses, in spite of the fact that there's more and more localization taking place in the mid-tier sectors, I'm noticing more and more expansion into different countries and territories. So you're going to be competing with your peers in different parts of Africa, in different parts of the East, in different parts of the developed economies, and you've got to get your ratings right up there. Because of a day when somebody knocks on your door to buy your business, they're going to be evaluating you against that productive score, and they're going to either knock down your price or give you a lift. So if that's going to be the position you adopt and you're serious about growing your business into an asset and you're serious about growth, there are four things we've got to do to get it right. Okay, let's get to those four things in just a moment. I wonder whether or not the business would be less attractive to a buyer if it was running at 100% productivity. If it's running at 40% productivity and I come in and I see, hold on a second, I can get greater productivity out of this business, therefore I have to pay less for it because I'm taking on some risk. But I can see, as Pavlo has told me, because he's my consultant on this deal, that I could run this much more efficiently. I could actually be making this, I could be making uh, far bigger returns within a year or two than the current owner is. Um, Surely I then get a business at a knockdown price. in my interest as a buyer. It's a very, very good point. It's a very, very good point. So as a buyer, you might want to look for a less productive business, but here's the reality. As a buyer, in buying a less productive business, unless you know the business inside out, and you are very, very familiar with the business from the get-go, you're familiar with the industry, you're familiar with the trends in the industry, Bruce, making that calculation is really hard to achieve. It's especially hard to achieve. When you start talking about a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar business, which in Rands is becoming a significant number, you typically are being bought by a corporate entity, a large entity. And big businesses in South Africa are looking to acquire for scale and market access. They're not necessarily looking to acquire with a view to try and fix and improve. And the simple reason for it is because generally we are plagued, we are plagued with an increasingly incapable, demotivated workforce right across the board. Finding good leaders, finding good operators of businesses who are able to drive that productivity is hard. When you're a CFO in a big business and you're looking to try and improve earnings per share and you're looking to feed the needs of investors, acquiring a productive asset from the get-go already sets you apart and gives you a great advantage. So it depends who you are as the buyer, but it's a good point. So tell me how then to become more productive. I want to get the best possible return for my business. How do I make make myself uh, more productive? Well, it's going to start with you and your mindset. You know, if you don't have a constant, if you don't have a growth mindset, there's a wonderful, wonderful uh, school of thinking that's been led at the moment by a lady of the name Carol Dweck um, on the growth mindset. And we've spoken about it extensively for years on radio, but it's always worth remembering. 
Because what I notice often, Bruce, this individual, for example, absolutely had growth in the forefront of his mind, absolutely had all the intentions and motivations to want to grow. But you become not complacent, not unconscious, not deliberately cognitively blind. You struggle to find perspective in a business if you don't get an outside perspective as to whether what you're doing is going to lead to a good return on time around growth or not. And growth doesn't have to be charging off into new markets and charging off into buying new products and all the things that we typically associate growth with. Growth can simply mean improving the productivity of your business. That growth mindset's really, really important and how you're spending your time as a leader in your business and what you're focusing on is important. You need to use, and I'm going to use your words earlier, the data to try and help you get a perspective as to whether you rate or don't rate. It's the starting point here. And then I suppose, I mean, the gap is, is critical. Just explain the gap. Well, the gap is going to be largely um, uh, uh, driven between where you are and where the productivity mm. uh, in, uh, 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 the actual gap of productivity. If, if you measure your productivity against your peers and you see you dramatically behind your peers, the first thing you've got to do is figure out how to diagnose this. And, you know, as South Africans, we have this tendency to want to be everything to everyone, doing everything all the time, every time, any time. To the extent that you don't start to really focus your business and almost narrow your business and say, I'm going to be expert at rather fewer things, than most things. And I'm going to learn how to get outsourcing done properly, but really to outsource the things that I don't have core competence in. And in an environment where we're struggling with skills and capability, I'm going to try and outsource certain elements that perhaps others might do as a speciality. Yeah. If you do that diagnosis properly and you start to then understand where the opportunities to improve productivity lie, that then means You've got to onboard your team to execute the changes that are needed. Today, I had a fascinating discussion with a really seasoned, seasoned individual uh, based in the US. And he was saying, how do we turn a strategy, for example, in productivity or strategy for growth into real life on the ground action? And Bruce, it's as old as we as a species have existed. If you don't take a team of people along with you, if you don't make your entire company feel part of the change, they will not change because change is fearful. If you make them feel part of the change, draw on their insight and wisdom. And through that, let them see they are part of the future of that business through the ideas they've shared then you institute the productivity changes through people. Getting that right is key. You need to hire for it, you need to fire for it, and you need to reward for it. Pavlo Vatidis, Auric Business Accelerator, on a Thursday evening. Thank you, Pavlo.